good? Good. God is good when? All the time. Amen. Please find your way. John chapter 5, verse 17. It's a long introduction. Some things just need to be said. <laughs> That's where we are today. <clears throat> we got to do something with this man, Jesus, who claims to be God. You got to do something with him. I looked it up. It said that, I think it said uh, 78% of the people now believe that Jesus actually lived. I'm not going to comment on the 22% that doesn't believe he ever lived, but they do. Uh, you know, I guess that's a high number. The way they was writing is like, wow. I believe George Washington lived. Never met him. John chapter 5, verse 17. Let's see. Let's look at Jesus, who he says he is, and his relationship with his father. Jesus answered them, my father is working until now, and I am working. This is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what the father, what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life, so also the son gives life to whom he will. For the father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the son, that all may honor the son just as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He who does not, he, he does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and is now here. When the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live, for the Father has life in himself, so has he granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has also given him authority to execute judgment, because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tomb will hear his voice, and come out those who have done good to the resurrection of life, and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. <clears throat> so we see a shifting of gears here. Not that we're going to go any faster through the text. That's not going to happen. But we see that the persecution of Jesus is now in second gear. And by and it will be in sixth gear by the time we get to chapter seven, and they will be in overdrive by the time we end chapter seven on this uh, persecution of Jesus. So we see that Jesus has healed a man on the Sabbath. He has healed him out of love. We know that, yes, but there's more to the story here. The Sabbath healing, which caused all this big commotion, was just a tool to bring the people to a greater truth. It was time for Jesus to clearly tell the Jews and the world who he is. Not just the signs, no longer just through signs, but with his own words, he will tell who he is. Here we have Jesus speaking directly to the religious leaders. And notice, this is not a parable that only the ones who have an ear to hear can hear or can understand. Or it's not a teaching that really needs explaining. 
Nobody who was there that day was wondering what Jesus meant when he said what he said. Jesus clearly declares to the leaders and to the rest of the people who were there today and to us and to the world who he is. Jesus declares that he is in fact God. He says, I am God. I am the Messiah. Think about that. Jesus clearly declares his deity with his own words. This is not hearsay with his own words. Jesus tells the world who he is. He does not let the world define or label him. In no uncertain terms, he says, I am God. Now, not only does Jesus Jesus declare who he is, but he also, when he declares this, he will present witnesses to verify or to confirm his declaration. We will see here later in chapter five that, that he will present witnesses of who he is. He says, John the Baptist is a witness. He will say that his miracles are a witness of who he is. God, the father in the scriptures are witnesses of who he is. So Jesus declares truth and then presents evidence of truth. So let's unpack a little bit of what Jesus said on that day. In verse 17, but Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. Well, you know, that's a jaw dropping way to start giving a testimony. Uh, there in the temple it definitely got everybody's attention but this is really if you think about this this is really where the gospel message starts it starts with an understanding to understand the gospel and to understand what salvation is the first thing that has to happen is that you have to have a right view a truthful view a true understanding of who jesus is that's where it begins It all begins there because Jesus is the foundation of salvation. He is salvation. He is the rock. He is the cornerstone of the gospel message. And that's why John begins this letter with that very fact. What did he start with? He said, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of the men. So John begins this letter with with the deity of Jesus. That's where it has to start. Jesus was with God. Jesus is God. The gospel cannot be. The gospel cannot exist without Jesus or without God. Can't be. And that's the message that John preaches from the beginning of this letter to the end. That's his message. The disciples declared that Jesus was God in chapter one. John the Baptist declared that he is the Lamb of God, the Messiah, the Savior. When Jesus cleared the temple and showed that he had authority over it, it was a declaration that he is God. His miracles, the signs, his works are proof that he is divine. Also, his omniscience gives proof that he is God. Do you remember what Nathaniel said? Nathaniel said to him, he said, how do you know me? And Jesus answered him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. We don't know what happened there, but something happened. Something was going on, something that only God would know. And Nathaniel answered him, he said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. That's how he answered him. He proclaimed he was God. He said, you are the king of Israel. 
And that's just one of the examples that shows that Jesus knows what people think. He knows their history. He knows everything about everybody. He is omniscient. Jesus is also Lord over all. This is important to know as we look at the deity of Jesus. Chapter one, we see that Jesus is Lord over creation. And from there, we see that Jesus is Lord over diseases and demons. And when Jesus cleared the, the temple, it was that it was so that everyone would know that he was Lord over the temple. And we saw here in chapter five, we saw that when Jesus healed a man on the Sabbath. Why do you think he like that? What do you think he was declaring that day on the Sabbath? He was declaring that he was Lord of the Sabbath. Only God can be Lord over all. Only God. Now, all of the people who were there on that Sabbath day was asking this question. Maybe not out loud, but they were asking this question. Who does this guy think he is? God? They were all asking that question. They may not have verbally threw it out there, but they were thinking it. And Jesus, in his omniscience, omniscience answers them with more than a simple yes, as we will see in our text today. So I go back. Jesus being God is where it all starts. You see, you can't give Jesus any other names unless you begin with God. And even those people in their lost minds are going, who do you think he is? God? They knew. But you can't give Jesus any other names unless you begin with God. Other names like Lord or Messiah, or King of Kings, all are all true names, but the title God comes first. You can't be Lord unless you are God. You can't be the Messiah unless you are God. You have to be God first. You know, over, over the years, people have given Jesus many names describing who he is, but they will not recognize him as God. They will give them any name, tons of names, but they will shy away from recognizing he is God. So let me tell you why those names or titles just don't work when they give them to God. Title says a good man. You've heard that. He's a good teacher. He's a noble man. He's a spiritual leader. Some will even call him a miracle worker, but they will not proclaim that he is God. Since the time Jesus walked on this earth, there has been an attack on his deity. And the reason that attacking Jesus' deity is such a big deal is this. Watch this. If anyone admits that Jesus is fully God, if anyone says that or admits that, then that means that they would have to submit to him and his teaching. Okay? It's built in us that everyone should submit to God. Even people who believe in false gods submit to the false god. They do. They worship and they try to live under the made up teaching of, of their made up God, but they submit. So if anyone says that Jesus is God or admits that Jesus is God, they will have to submit. And that means that they would have to do what he says because. He's God, right? They would have to worship him as God. 
there's a lot that comes with the act of admitting that Jesus is God. So, so do you see what I'm saying? No one, no one ever uh, says or does this. I believe that Jesus is God. Oh, yes, I do. But his teaching is just ridiculous. It just doesn't line up with the way I want to live. I know he's, he's God. I know he says to live this way, but I'm not going to listen to him. I know he is God, but I'm not going to worship him. Who would make a statement like that? Who would do that? The truth of that situation is this. That person does not really see or know Jesus as God. Let me put it in the Franklin County vernacular. That dog doesn't hunt. It just doesn't hunt. See, so the world will say Jesus can be anything. He can be given any title except God. Except God. It was a, it's a problem today, and it was a problem back then. But everyone there that day understood what Jesus said. In that temple, they clearly understood that Jesus was claiming to be God. Verse 18, that's why the Jews were seeking even more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. You see that with their words, with their words, they proclaim truth. He was making himself equal with God. So not only is Jesus breaking their Sabbath, which angered them, but now, now they see him as a blasphemer. The word says that Jesus, the words that Jesus proclaimed is outright blasphemy, they would say. If he's not God. If he's not God. Jesus has brought everyone to the, to the fork in the road, right? Do you just condemn Jesus for what he said, or do you investigate his claim? And the truth is, they should have started an investigation back then. As a matter of fact, as we will see, Jesus gives them info. He gives them witnesses to help them find the truth instead of just condemning him and calling him a blasphemer. He was, a, he was assisting in their investigation. He's in the court of law. Look, here's the evidence. Go seek. Go seek, he says. And the same is true for everyone who, hears these, who has read these words or hear these words or have heard the words that Jesus spoke. All should investigate. All should seek the truth. And that journey begins with this simple question. Who does he think he is? God? And you have to ask, is what Jesus said the truth? Is it the truth? Because when someone claims to be God, as Jesus did, it puts them in one of two positions. Watch this. If Jesus, if what Jesus claimed is true, then he is God. End of story. Right? Jesus claimed to be God. If that's true, then Jesus is God, the end, right? Now, if Jesus is telling a lie, then the truth is he is not God. If he's lying, he's not God. Everyone, everybody has to be in one of those two camps. 
from the statement that Jesus made, you're going to be in one of the two camps. Camp one, Jesus tells the truth and he is God. The other camp, Jesus is a liar and he is not God. Pretty simple. You're going to be in one, one or two of those positions. Now watch what our investigation does. As we investigate, we see that it eliminates all the other titles that the world gives to Jesus when they do not recognize him as God. If they're in camp two, they cannot give him all the titles that they, they try to give him. If Jesus is a liar, then it makes him a deceiver and he is of the devil. It's not of God. If he is a liar, so, so if he's not of God, then he's a liar, he's a deceiver, and he is a blasphemer, guilty as charged. But if that is who he is, then you can't say that he's a good teacher because a good teacher does not lie and claim to be God. Jesus cannot be a good teacher if he is not God. You can't call him a good religious or spiritual leader like many do. Again, he's a liar. He's a false teacher. Can't be a good spiritual leader. A good religious leader would not claim to be God. Jesus did. Some say that Jesus is a good person to follow. Again, he's a liar. He's a blasphemer. He thinks he's God. This is a good guy to follow? I don't think I'd take directions from this guy down how to get the number one highway. You can't be a good person and claim to be God if you are not God. You see, you can't give all of these, quote, good titles to Jesus if he is not God. Because if he is not God, God then this guy is a crazy liar because he claimed to be God. He flat out claimed to be God. Think about this. If a spiritual leader today was on TV, channel 30. Y'all know that channel. And he claimed to be God. How would we treat him? We'd say, prove it. You know, you're making these claims, just prove it. We would do the same thing to Jesus. Would he claim, yeah, prove it, okay? Prove it. Show us the evidence. And if they can't, then we would, then we would, and the world would say, what would they say about him? They go, man, this guy's crazy. He's lost his mind. He thinks he's God. Hey, how come up people always go, man, I'm Jesus. You know, they always, these guys always claim to be Jesus. They do that. They don't claim to be any other, quote, spiritual leaders. They always claim to be Jesus. And they do that. We go, man, he's not working with a full deck. This guy's claiming to be God. He's a lunatic. Get the kids away from him. He needs to be put in a hospital, evaluated, give him some meds, bring him back to reality. Maybe we wouldn't think all that, but we would say he's not living in reality. That's not real. Only mentally ill people claim to be God, right? That's what we would say to someone who claims to be God, unless they are God. The point I'm making is that Jesus cannot be any of the titles that the world gives him unless they first declare him to be God. John MacArthur, he said this. He says this about the ones who try to do this to Jesus, to give him all these little good names. He says, 
fake Christianity. That is the ones who deny that Jesus is God. They have done this through the years so they can still have, quote, Christianity and still have a, quote, comfortable Jesus. But that's not an option. Jesus said he was God. If it's true, he is God. If it's a lie, he's the ultimate deceiver and he's insanely deceived himself. We have to make a choice as to who Jesus is. There is no middle ground. No middle ground. We all have to investigate the claim that Jesus made. And listen, know this. If you reject that Jesus is God, then you reject the entire Bible. It's not a buffet. You get to pick and choose what you want out of here and eat what you want. It's the whole thing. You get the whole enchilada when you get it, right? So you just don't get to have comfortable Jesus and keep the scriptures. It won't work out. So the bottom line is, if Jesus is not God, there is no Christianity. If Jesus is lying about being, being God, then the Bible is all a lie. So do you see why the deity of Jesus is the foundation of Christianity? Do you see why the deity of Jesus is the rock on which the Bible is rest on, built on? Do you see why the deity of Jesus is the hope of our salvation? Who Jesus is matters. So young adults, you go off to college or you go off to work and you hear someone say that Jesus is a good man, a good teacher, a good spiritual leader, but he's not God. Then you just take your Bible to them and you turn them here to chapter five in John and you show them that Jesus claimed to be God. And that if he's not God, then he's a crazy liar. And if he's a crazy liar, then there's no way he could be any of those other people that you say he is. Make that person make a decision at the fork in the road. Which one is he? Show him. There is a fork in the road and you have to follow the road that leads to truth. Amen? All right. So continue our investigation into what Jesus claimed. And we will see if his claims were absolutely true. Now, what we see in this next section is this. We, we see, we have seen that Jesus claims to be God. Yes. But Jesus will claim to be God in six different ways. One is he will, he will say that he is equal to God, as we've seen, in nature and person. And that is the, the substance of who he is. He's equal to God. He's equal to God in works. He is equal to God in power. He is equal to God in authority. He is equal to God in knowledge. He is equal to God in honor and worship. Now, we won't cover all these today, but we will get a good look at the relationship between God the Father and Jesus the Son. So today we're going to look at the claims of Jesus. And when we study, so we look at the claims here in five. And then as you study the rest of the scriptures, the rest of the word, then you will have your evidence to see if Jesus is who he claims to be. So this is where he claims it, and we have to be the ones who search out to make sure what he says is truth. We will see if his actions, see if his teaching and his life verifies his claim. Again, verse 17, he said, my father is working until now I am working. This is why the Jesus, this is why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him, because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own, making himself equal with God. So Jesus said to them, verse 19, truly, truly, I say to you, the son 
can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, that the son does likewise. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. So he says, my father. No Jew would ever, 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 ever say that about God. Not ever. The Jews would say, our father, our father. But no one would ever say, my father. Why? Because when someone says, my father, they, they are saying that the father and the son share the same essence. When you say, my father. Unheard of to say that about God. But that's the claim that Jesus is making. God the Father and I are of the same essence. Listen to the definition of essence. The intrinsic or indispensable quality or qualities that serve to characterize or identify something. The most important part or aspect of something. They both have the same indispensable qualities that identify them as one. Jesus is equal to God in nature. They are the same in substance. That's what Jesus is proclaiming. Write this verse in your margins, John 14, 8, 11. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever, listen, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am uh, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Now notice, Jesus did not ever say he was another God. He's not, he's, he, he, he's saying, I and the Father, the one true living God, are one. He didn't say, I'm another God. He said, I am God. I am one with the Father. You know, it's, it's these things like this that tells me that God wrote the scriptures and not man. Maybe not for everybody, but stuff like this. Because when you get into the Trinity, and you look at God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they're all one, but yet separate, and you're trying to figure this out, and you're going to be the great theologian that finally figures this out and show everybody how this works. This is something that we as humans cannot get our minds around. It's beyond our human reasoning. We can't do this. And so the reason I say that this proves that God wrote the scriptures, if man had written the scriptures, we would have cleared this up. You know, there, there wouldn't be any debating going on or somebody trying to prove this or whatever. We'd have made sure it's black and white and this is how it is. And, uh, you know, we would, have, we would have made it possible for us to mentally grasp what the Trinity is. There would not be any confusion over the Trinity if man had written the Bible. And, you know, there's a lot of things in scriptures that are like that. There's a lot that we can't put together. You know, we want to be God and we want to explain it all and act like we know it all, but, but we don't. So when we come across something like this, 
Well, what do we do? We accept it and we turn over to Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to the Lord. There's your answer. There's your answer. We let God be God. Amen. But when we see these things and we can't get our minds around, it, it's just an assurance that God is in control. God wrote the scriptures and that Jesus is God. There's some things that we will not ever understand. So we have faith. We trust in the one true living God and we continue to walk worthy of the calling. Amen. So one of the first claims that Jesus made is that he's equal in God in essence. They are the they are of the same nature. Now we have the claim that Jesus is equal to God and works. He says, my father is working and now and I'm working. In other words, I work at the same level God does. That's a pretty bold claim, isn't it? I work at the same level God does. We spoke a little bit on this last week. John 1, 1 says it is, it says Jesus created the universe. If you go to Hebrews 1, the word says that he sustains the universe. He's working at all times. Jesus says he has been working and is always working, just like the Father has been at work. They work together. God continues to do his work. God is never restrained from his work. Their work never stops, even if it is on the Sabbath, Jesus says that day. They are working. They are doing good. And because the Father and Jesus are one and work together, Jesus could not act independently all right they they work together verse 19 jesus said to them truly truly i say to you the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does that the son does likewise for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will show him so that you may marvel so Jesus could only do the very things in which he saw his father doing. Jesus never claimed to be independent of God. The son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the father doing. So Jesus does not act independent and independently. Why? He can't. He can't. Look, he says the son can do nothing of his own accord. He can't do anything of his own accord is what he's saying. I can't. He can't act independently of God. So if he could do nothing on his own, then what does he do? Whatever he sees the father doing. Whatever he sees the father doing. Meaning that he does what the father does the way the father does it exactly. Wrap your head around that one. Some of this we just don't understand, but we trust and love. He never acts independently of the Father. He cannot. It is impossible. It is inconsistent with his nature. Listen to Jesus in chapter 8 here in John, verse 27 through 29. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man that you will know then you will know that I am he and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Always that word, always in, in eternity past. 
in eternity future, Jesus does what pleases God the Father. He makes it pretty clear in John 14, 31. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. Wow. Jesus can only do and only does what the Father does. Here's a thought. To see Jesus in action, I'll just use in action. To see Jesus in action is to see God in action. Right? Have you ever thought about that? To see Jesus in action is to see God in action. And you, and, you know, you may say, well, yeah, you know, I, I'm a believer. I believe Jesus is God. So whatever Jesus is doing, he's doing the will of the Father, you know. Right. But think about it this way. Think about all the false accusations that have been thrown at Jesus. Whatever is said against Jesus is said against God. Example. On that day back then, to accuse Jesus of violating the Sabbath is to accuse God the Father of violating the Sabbath. To accuse Jesus of blasphemy is to call God the Father a blasphemer. To accuse Jesus of sin is calling the holy, holy, holy God of the universe a sinner. When we see Jesus in action, we see God in action. What I do is what the Father does. What I do is what the Father wills. If you are indicting me for what God desires and what God is doing, then you are indicting God. Think about that. Here is what Jesus is saying that day to the Jews. Not only am I one with the Father in essence and nature, but I do exactly what the father does. I do exactly what the father shows me. I perfectly do what the father wills for me to do. And I cannot do anything other than that. They should have started an investigation into his teaching before they started throwing any more charges against Jesus. Does that put a different light on the son and father relationship? I hope so, because you have to have a right view of who Jesus is in order to understand the Bible. Jesus is not just another God. He and the Father is one. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing for whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he is doing. It's something that we will never completely understand. The love that the Father has for the Son. We can't, we can't, we can't get our minds around that either. We cannot comprehend the depths of the love that they had for that they have for one another. How deep is the love the father has for the son? Or how deep is the love the son has for the father? He was willing to leave the glories of heaven. He became a man and walked among sinners to show his love for the father. 
Think about that. Willingly. Willingly. Jesus came to this earth. And during that time, he restricted the use of his divine attributes. He didn't abandon his divine attributes. He didn't give them up or, we'd hit, or he would have ceased to be God. But he restricted the use of those attributes in submission to God the Father. He said, I love you. I love you. In submission and love, Jesus came to this earth knowing he was going to the cross. He knows the work of the Father, and he was doing the work of the Father when he came. And he says, I will go. I will go to the cross. How deep is that love? The Father loves the Son with such a perfect, eternal, infinite love that he shows him all that he is doing. We can't grasp the complexity of this relationship. But we do hold on to the words that Jesus proclaimed. He said he's equal to God in nature. He's equal to God in work. He does nothing independently of God. Whatever Jesus does, he does the same way the Father does. They share in all knowledge, and they have perfect love for one another. Perfect love. That's as far as we'll make it today. As we can see, the relationship and the love that the father and son have is more complex than we can ever imagine. So we see that Jesus, with his own words, claimed to be God. And then he gave us a glimpse of his relationship with God the Father. He has given us enough evidence in this passage to get everyone started on their investigation. Is Jesus God like he claimed, or is he a lying lunatic? He's one of the two, no options, no middle road. And if anyone does a true investigation into the claims that Jesus made, they will come to the conclusion of who Jesus is. They will come to the conclusion. They will see, they, they will see who Paul says he is in Colossians chapter one. Here's what you'll find out. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood, by the blood of his cross. It was the father's good pleasure for all the fullness of God to dwell in him. In other words, God is in Christ, which means all his nature, all his attributes, all his knowledge, all his wisdom is in the Son. The Father loves the Son so much that eternally, eternally, he has granted the fullness of everything that he is to the Son. So what do you do with this man, Jesus, who claimed to be God? You know where I stand. But you have to settle this in your own mind. Who is this man, Jesus, who claimed to be God? Do your research. 
Don't be like many who just condemn without evidence. If you're going to condemn Jesus, at least present your case against him. Jesus made himself equal with God because he is God. This is the theme of John's gospel, like I said. The Jewish leaders could not disprove his claims, so they tried to destroy him and get him out of the way. But their ways were not God's way at all. They may have thought they won when they saw Jesus on the cross, but they didn't. Because in his crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus openly affirmed his deity and turned his enemies' weapons against them. So investigate so that you might believe that Jesus is the son of God, so that you will believe he is of the same nature as God, so that you can have life in his name. The truth is, if you do not believe, you cannot have eternal life and you will perish in hell in your sins. We all know this, John 20, 30. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written. God presented his evidence. I am God, and this is how you can know that I am God. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.